Plagiarism. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. Welcome back to another edition of What Should We Watch with Kenny. I'm Kay. And I'm still E. You are? And you know, I haven't checked in a while. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> Put that away. We're going to have a great time tonight. <laughs> we are, and it's nighttime. It is... 8.15. <laughs> Which, in mommy terms, is 3 in the morning, so. <laughs> we want to thank you all for joining us with this latest and greatest episode. Thank you all for chiming in on the Facebooks, the Twitters, and the Instagrams. And we love to see all your comments and see that you're all enjoying the show. Mm -hmm. And if you're not enjoying, shut up. Jeez. I'm tired. I'm a little aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> some people are into that so. yeah, i'm not i'm tired well thank you but so I am much a little aggressive <laughs> thank you so much for listening to all of our previous episodes and for listening now so let's go ahead and jump into this evening's episode and this time it was my pick mm -hmm. and to continue on our magical music journey i went with one of my favorite musicals of all time Dun, 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 dun. Questions dun, of plagiarism. Stop it. We are going to watch The Phantom of the Opera. Mm -hmm. The one with Emma Rossi. Rossman. Rossi? Carla Rossi. Carla Rossi. Emmy Rossum and Gerard Butler that came out in just looking at my facts. 2004? It was that long ago? Yeah, I told you I saw it in high school. Wow. Mm. Got a problem with it? Deal with it. I threw my phone away so you wouldn't yell at me for playing on it. Yeah, don't, don't you play on things. You can't be having fun while we're doing a podcast. Naturally, no, it's torture. Let's go. <laughs> when has anybody had fun doing a podcast? It's all about like the fun we're giving the people. So yes, I picked The Phantom of the Opera. This movie in particular... <laughs> gentlemen! Wasn't why I picked. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I forget that part of it when Animal came in and was like, Organ! Organ! Chandelier! 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 Oh, if somebody makes a crossover of the Muppets and Phantom of the Opera, I am already here for it. I just want the Swedish chef to sing music of the night. <laughs> okay, so what were you saying? So what I was saying was, I picked this movie just because this musical is... I think this is my favorite musical of all time, made by Andrew Lloyd Webber. And when researching this movie, I found out a lot of things about it. Yeah, I kind of ruined your childhood. So mm -hmm. whoopsies. Whoopsies. Not the first time. <laughs> so to talk about our film, mm -hmm. let's go ahead and head into our segment. Were you paying attention? No. Cue that music. <laughs> 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 but can you think of a more iconic core i mean there probably is but when you think of broadway and like chords it's like synthesizers oh yeah a little background on this we saw it together on broadway but that was actually my third time seeing this it was musical. my first and you had hyped it 
up. Yes, because I saw it twice in Cleveland, Ohio at mm-hmm. Playhouse Square. And you Square. went to Toronto, didn't you? I didn't go to Toronto. Yeah, My Toronto. parents saw it in Canada at Toronto, mm-hmm. which the history of this was originally was released in England, and then it made its way to mm-hmm. North America via Canada. And I still remember back when it came out, I remember that image that they had for the advertisement for Toronto. They played the music where Christine is going to the cemetery that just violin doing the <laughs> Well, you hyped this musical up like I was a parched person lost in the desert for three weeks and you had the best water in town. Like you were this was the end all be all of Broadway. My life was gonna never be the same after I saw it. So um yeah, you you set the bar really, really high and unfortunately you set it on the chandelier and it came crashing down. Yeah. But the Broadway production super disappointed me, especially during Masquerade. But we'll come to talk about that in the Well, moment. and I also think I was at a handicap, you know, golf terms. Would it be a handicap for golf? No. I was at a deficit. Yeah. Weightlifting terms. I was at a deficit. Of be- Broadway viewing? Of Broadway viewing because I had lost a contact. Ooh. And remember this? And the bus driver wouldn't let me get under the bus to get my glasses and or more contacts So out. you you were basically wearing a mask over one side of your I face. I did. I held, I tried so to So you watch watched it in Phantom Vision. Well, fa- no wonder why he was <laughs> and killed people. <laughs> Can't see Poor fella. I don't blame him. Well, we're not going to fully just talk about the musical because we watch movies, not musicals. Anyway, we watched the movie. We did watch the movie. Kind of bring out those feelings we had towards the musical because I think I've only seen this movie once or twice. I've seen it a couple times. And the reason why we selected this movie was... We had it. it. (laughs) That helped. But we also, like, this is something that kind of represents the musical forefront like there are stage productions they have of it but this was a good way to kind of do the blockbuster version of it and then of course phantom of the opera the story has been done multiple times most made famous by the silent film Mm -hmm. but i don't think we're quite yeah (laughs) exactly i made the face like they could see me but you know the noise you made perfectly (laughs) describes what he looks like hand gestures yeah you you didn't need like audio in those days because his face just did totally scream (laughs) okay let's get into it all right so okay first question no at the beginning of the movie they (laughs) (laughs) do they mean no (laughs) that's actually one of my questions that's coming up but at the beginning of the movie they described on where this takes place where does the phantom of the opera take place france France, specifically in what city? Paris. Yeah? What theater? Opera Populaire. Yes, the Opera Populaire. Can we just take a moment to talk about how the French accents come out when they say French words and only like (laughs) one character has a French accent the entire time and then the phantom occasionally slips into Scottish. That's true. There's so many different accents in this movie. There's English accents. Mm-hmm. There's Italian accents. There's American accents. Minnie Driver was the only one who was consistent with her accent. These and things do happen. These things are the admiral. But she was the only one that had the accent for the character. Like all the, are you telling me all the rest of them are American or English? Like well, no. Christine, she was originally from Sweden, and everybody knows everybody in Sweden sounds American. 
No, Sweden. It's visit Switzerland. She should have been like, Yeah, I, I like to go skiing. <laughs> wishing you are somehow here again. <laughs> yes. But let's just be real. The accent, the only one who kept one was Madame Greery. Jiri. Jiri. Madame Jiri. Jiri. And then only when the rest of them said words in French did they actually have an accent. They'd be like, Oh no, our whole theater is going down. Bonjour. <laughs> Baguette. Adiamo. Next question. Adiamo. My next question for you is what lot is the monkey barrel organ toy? 665. Correct. It yeah. is 665. Because the devil's number is the chandelier. Lot 666, then. A chandelier in pieces. Oh, Lord, people, if you wanted to hear the whole Mother Loving musical, you turned into the right podcast. Yes, you did. I love it. What did I say at the beginning of it? I was, I, I was honest. and I was like, I don't think I could say every line word for word oh, he was anymore. Like, he said it in a way that it's like when the major league pitcher comes to the coach and is like, I just can't do it anymore. Take me out, coach. Take me out. So like when the pitcher asked to be taken out of the game and he's like so sad and defeated, that is how Kay approached me. But he also informed me that he used to be able to sing every single line in this musical. Male and female. Line. Male and female while he was mowing and he had a lot yeah. to mow. But um, Yeah, I mowed about 11 acres of land. So I got in the full musical at least once. and. Let me tell you, nothing makes you feel like you're an awesome singer when you have the music in an earpiece and then noise-canceling headphones over top of that and you're screaming at the top of your lungs with a motor right next to you, blotting out all the sound. You sound amazing. And all you see is like a little deer in the background going, run, <laughs> Bambi, Stop. no. They, that's why they jump. For some reason, whenever you would do that, there would just be like dead deer in the road because they were jumping into the cars. I'm, I'm going to reveal something. My parents used to subject to me and use me for a party trick that apparently when I was really young, <laughs> I could hit all of Christine's notes during the Phantom of the Opera song. She does like those rounds up, up, up. Where and the she dogs gets like start twitching. Yeah. And I could hit that. I think it's a high C, which is like the soprano. Like high C Holy punch? Grail. Yeah. It's the like holy grail tone. And when I was a little boy, I could actually hit that perfectly without sounding like I was screeching. And my parents were so proud of me. They'd be like, do the thing, do the thing. But looking back, maybe I did sound like a screeching pterodactyl. You probably did. And let's be honest, this happened last week, folks. <laughs> no, I could not hit anywhere near that anymore. I would be. If I ball tagged you, you could. Oh, maybe. Yeah, let's try it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> See, that wasn't even it. That wasn't it. Let's 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 leave it to Emmy and Christine and move on. Next question for Next you. Question. During the Hannibal. Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, Hannibal Lecter. No, the. Uh, oh, the opera. Okay. Yeah, the the uh, like the what they were practicing. The, the, yes, yes, the rehearsal. The rehearsal. Yeah. Yes. Okay. During the rehearsal, mm -hmm. there was an elephant prop that was brought on the stage. Yes. What was inside the elephant prop? A drunk person. How many? Two. Two. Yeah. Yes. You're all drinking wine out of bottles. This is my kind of theater. Mm -hmm. I need to be there. This was something that in the stage production, this was an early joke. This was Andrew Lloyd Webber's kind of way of getting into a musical that was very romanticized and dramatic. 
Did he, he made like, them all alcoholics? No, he would just do little jokes here and there. And that was one of his earlier jokes is the stagehands were just sitting there boozing it up. And Everybody they boozing up. turned the elephant so you could see that as it was leaving the stage during the actual performance. Mm-hmm. There's no actors or theater union. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing like that there. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. They might as well drink the wine because they're going to die horrible lead poisoning deaths because there's probably lead paint all over that set. Mm-hmm. That went dark. My next question for you. Yes. Ask me. Where does the Phantom sit during all the productions? Box five. Box five. We will be kept empty. And he gets 20,000 francs a month for his salary for doing what? That's a lot of francs. Wait a second. He gets 20,000 francs a month Mm -hmm. for what? Not killing somebody? Yeah. Okay. What does he do with that money? (laughs) Didn't you see what he does with that money? He buys horses. He gets his palmade. Oh, God, that hair could bounce a quarter off of it. It could bounce a franc off of it. He gets custom-designed swords and stamps. He spends that money wisely. And all his arts and crafts? That's true. Yeah, how do you think he funds himself? Okay, well, I was just curious. So is his job not killing people? Like, are they paying him not to kill people? Mm-hmm. So that when he's not doing his job, he is killing people. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. Wait, no. No. (laughs) Huh. So the Phantom sits in box five, and during the stage performances of this, if there are box seats... Is he in it? He he does appear in it, but it is purposefully left empty. They will not sell seats in what would be box five in the theaters that it's produced. And this (gasps) happens in Broadway in England, and that's a fun little thing. But they also do that because... He will appear there, and they actually have him appear in several of the other boxes. There's one scene in the musical where he's messing with them, and they do that illusion where you see him on stage at one point, then suddenly he's in box five, then suddenly he's somewhere else, mm. uh, and then he's in the back David of the theater. Copperfield. Yeah, David Copperfielding it for sure. David Copperfield? <laughs> <laughs> David Copperfield. So would he just like sit there and watch the musicals? Is nobody alarmed? Yeah. Like I'm just not ever really oh, breaking down thing. this whole like, didn't everybody think there's a psychotic man sitting in the box? No, let's just leave it open and pay him 20,000 francs so he doesn't kill somebody. I wonder how the theater stayed in business with that sort of thing going on because it mean, seems doing... like that's a lot of their revenue going right towards a ghost that was killing people and totally ruining the place true mm-hmm. hmm. poor business models hi sharks <laughs> <laughs> hi sharks do you yeah. have an opera house that is totally lame well i got something for you an opera ghost <laughs> would you like another question e no <laughs> are you sure <laughs> I got some for you. <laughs> if I just said no. What was Christine's father famous for? The violin. That's correct. He was a Swedish violinist. Die. When I saw it spelled in this movie, I was, I was like, like, there's a what? lot of A's in there. There's just a lot of vowels. It's like we bought all the vowels. Also, what is the age difference? Because Christine is brought to the opera to live in the dormitories, which, okay, that's a whole other conversation. Like, the, the opera house has not only the labyrinth and the moats underneath it, but then it also has a chapel and apparently places to live. Mm-hmm. That's actually, that's not uncommon for opera houses or ballet theaters to have dormitories where the True. actual performers live there. But and like the whole like underwater. Well, that, that was 
the phantom like in the original novel so the phantom of the opera was originally a novel it was a french novel mm-hmm. and then it was adapted to the silent film and that's where it started gaining... <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly it gained more cult following especially in the horror genre but in the book it's described in the novel it's described that he was the phantom which i have a quick question for you did you know the phantom had a name no you want to guess his name Gustav. close his name is eric so Eric was an architect okay. that had dilly-dallied in his early days in freak shows because of how his face was, as was shown in this movie during that uh, freak show sequence. Mm-hmm. But he studied to be an architect and he designed all of those chambers and he made everything in the opera house that way specifically for himself. Everything that was like a chamber or below the ground was his doing. So wait, he built it all by himself? No, he didn't. Well, he had people built it for him. That's what the Franks was for. Maybe, yeah, he's paying his Uh, debtors, yeah. Eric. Well, that's Madame... Jerry. Jerry. Madame Jerry did say he is an architect. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so apparently Eric, the Phantom of the (laughs) Opera. The Phantom Eric. (laughs) That's so, like, anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. Hey, at least he spells it E-R-I-K. Oh, that's even worse. It's like when the parents are like, I named him Eric, but we spelled it different so that he's unique. No. And so he'll grow up to drink craft beers. No, it's still obnoxious, Karen. No, um, hmm, back to Christine being, okay, so Christine was brought to the opera house when she was seven. Oh, yeah, you were talking about age. So, like, what is the age difference? Because she said she grew up with the Phantom. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know about you, but when I was seven, if I was brought to a creepy old opera house and somebody was talking to me, I'd be like, Well, in the story, in the novels, as well as in the musical, based on the time frames and the dates that have been given, it's understood that Christine is, uh, she's just a teenager, like something in between 16 to 17, which, Emmy Rosam, you know how old she was? Didn't you say she was 17? Yeah, she well, she was 16 when they first casted her, and she was 17 casted as casted. Many much castings. Mm-hmm. She was 17 when they were filming. And the cringeworthy thing is her two love interests were both over the age of 30 at the time. So, ugh. All I do is dream of you the whole night through. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I know. I feel like we've talked about this before. <laughs> Deja vu. There's going to be a couple deja vus here. There's a couple things that happen in this movie where I'm like, haven't we talked about this before? Oh, wait, so do we know how old the Phantom is? I don't think you know exactly how old he is, but you get the indication that he's probably at least double her age. Right, something in like his 30s, potentially 40s. Plus it's in the Paris in like 18, 1900s. So like Christine's old by then. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. She's disgustingly old. Disgusting. Ugh. 16. Ugh, she's got one foot in the grave. 12 kids by now. Yeah. Next question for you, E. Mm-hmm. What was Raoul's name for Christine when they were children? Little Lottie. What the fuck kind of name is that? <laughs> I don't have an answer for you. I don't know what kind of a name that, that is. whole exchange that they had was so like... Little Lottie, let her mind wander. Oh, wait, no. I'm sorry. In the movie. I have to go back to the they movie. They talked. They talked it. Little Lottie, let her mind wander. <laughs> Little Lottie said, like, I'm sorry. No. That was the lamest I've ever seen. <laughs> All right. Don't have a pet name for you and talk about our summers together. You talked in third person and they talk like in this poetic. No, no, that was lame. As we read about dark stories of the North. I was embarrassed for them. 
All right, E. You'll get this one for sure. No. What is the Phantom Riff? Don't ask me for notes. Yeah, you got it. So there are one, two, three, four, five, six does. And it starts with one longer and ends with a longer duh. I don't think that's that's correct. Music 101, kids. You've been music. But yeah, that that riff. Oh my gosh. So at the beginning of the musical and at the beginning of the movie, that's kind of how things change. When you go to see the show, mm -hmm. the stage, it doesn't have a full curtain down. It has like these multiple gray curtains and there's these like cargo bins. Everything was gray when I was watching. No, wait, I'm not colorblind. I just didn't have my contact in. Never mind. <laughs> well, in the movie, everything was gray when it was uh, showing the scenes, which technically you find out happened in the future. Mm -hmm. It's an auction during the auction they're sh selling the chandelier and when they reveal the chandelier during the stage production the music comes in hard with the dun, 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 dun. and oh it's so powerful and the first time i heard it was an actual orchestra doing it so nice. it was like Woo! well even then even that moment when we saw it on broadway i felt was anticlimactic i felt like they had to buy like the cheap chandelier for some reason mm -hmm. like you can get this one over here this is like our top line chandelier that's 400 francs what else you got well this one's over here much smaller won't fill the space but it's only 10 francs so you get a bargain Bargain. Yeah, the chandelier starts on the stage during the stage production, as yeah. well as in the movie, and then it makes its way up to where a chandelier should be. Mm -hmm. And during a later scene, it ends up back where it started again. My next question for you: Name three fan art projects the Phantom has of Christine. <laughs> the little like diorama of her just singing at the gala. Yeah, how do you make that so fast? Yeah, like unless he had planned from the beginning that this was gonna happen. Oh, maybe. Um, the creepy wax mannequin figure with the wedding dress. Which, if you notice, that was Emmy Rossum. Well, she was breathing. Yeah, but originally they had a wax doll of her, but the eyes they apparently didn't look real at all, mm -hmm. and they were kind of embarrassed by it. And Emmy Rossum just suggested, like, why don't I just stand in for it? And so they gave her makeup to make her look a little extra waxy. But later in the movie... You see the other one. You see the original one there. And it does look... It just looks like a My Size Barbie. Yeah. It looks so unreal. It was horrible. And then there was the one of the page boy. The other one where he took the heads off. Yeah, I'll give it to you. You it, will. Well, I, I, I was looking for three different mediums. He had, <gasps> he had like kindergarten drawings of her. Did you see those? No, I missed that. He has like drawings that look like they were made by a grade schooler for Listen, our project. He writes operas because the people when his opera is being produced, they're like, "Yeah, dad, cringeworthy. But then he has the, he teaches her how to sing apparently. Mm -hmm. And then he also has like the architecture thing. So like he can be bad at one thing. He's good at killing people. He's bad at controlling his emotions. Yeah. He's bad at stalking people you can't be good at everything i know one other question e? yep <laughs> okay <laughs> that is all <laughs> how does the phantom sign his letters oh gee oh gee the original oh, upper ghost <laughs> <laughs> oh i shouldn't have said letters they're his notes his notes because that's the name of the songs that they sing when they read his notes 
what is it that I've meant to have wrote written? That's great. Yeah, that's the little slide in of comedy that Andrew Lloyd Webber gets in there. When he's not busy ripping off other things. Do you want to talk about that now? Okay, so I did a deep dive. <laughs> and I love a good conspiracy theory. And I love that stuff. I didn't know where I was going with that. So there's this whole theory that he's plagiarized some of his most successful works. From other composers. From Pink Floyd. <gasps> what? Yeah. Which, Pink. the Pink Floyd, it's from the song Echoes. As a child, I used to jam out to Pink Floyd. And so I heard the song Echoes, and I never put two and two together. Mm -hmm. That that came out almost 20 years. Significant amount before. Yeah. And so, so it does sound just like yeah. that. Duh, 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 duh. Well, and it's just interesting because, I mean, if you look it up, go look it up. You know, Andrew Lloyd Webber, plagiarism. If you look it up, they'll play samples, and they are so, so close. They are pretty close. They are very close. But I still... I still don't know if he plagiarized. I think it's just one of those cases of you there's can't... only so many notes in the universe and it just so happens. Yeah, but look how many different ways Mozart and Beethoven arranged them. Yeah, but how many people have... And Tchaikovsky. That's the only composers I know. I'm <laughs> I was about to say like, oh yeah, just those three. <laughs> the real OG musicians. But I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm really. It's, it's, it, that should be a poll. That should be a poll that we put out there because it's intriguing. It or a fight? I'm too tired to fight. <laughs> it definitely. I win already. It definitely makes me question. Yeah. The integrity. Is it something where he heard it and thought, boy, that sounds good. And then he used it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Just go go have a listen. Andrew Lloyd Webber, plagiarism. There's a lot. Yeah. I did find out something interesting. This isn't the first Phantom of the Opera musical ever made. <gasps> there was another musical that was made by a friend of his, Ken Hills, who was mm -hmm. actually his co-writer for another one of Andrew Lloyd Webber's big hits, Joseph the Amazing Tech Clutter Dreamcoat. Not hard to say. He actually made a Phantom of the Opera musical, was producing it down the street a little bit in a different theater. Andrew Lloyd Webber was like, hey, I want to make a Phantom musical too. You want in on this? And he said, I don't think so. And at the time, Andrew Lloyd Webber was married to Sarah Brightman. She was the original Christine in his production. She actually was scorned by Hill because she auditioned for his Christine, <gasps> didn't get it. And so there's actually rumor that he went on to make his own Phantom of the Opera mainly for her, which... I mean, jokes on him because they ended up getting divorced anyway, but he kind of won in the end because think of how long Family Opera has been going on and how much mm -hmm. money he's probably made from it. But they ended up making their own production, which blew the other one out of the water. The other one was actually doing pretty well, but because Angel Lloyd Webber moved it closer to a more theater district, he got more attention, mm -hmm. more notoriety and produce this great musical. That's something else where so like, you, he plagiarized the whole idea, basically. So you find it odd that he would plagiarize, like, I don't know, his entire body of work yeah. when that tracks. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't buy that. Okay. But I, I, did, I did find that interesting, but I still, I don't know. I think it's just coincidence. I want to believe. Mm -hmm. Another question for you. What does the Phantom threaten if his demands are not met? A catastrophe worse than you ever imagined. There's only one correct word in that. <laughs> catastrophe? Nope. 
Tragedy. Worse. No. Imagine. No. <laughs> well, imagination, that was correct. A horrible thing. A sh thing. A disaster. I <laughs> you up. Take you out back and beat you stupid. <laughs> the answer is a disaster beyond your imagination will occur. I'm not really sure he followed through with that. Are you kidding me? What was the disaster? He ended up hanging the guy. But I didn't think that was like the worst. I mean, I guess it's the worst thing that could happen. But I mean. Yeah, he ended up making the lead singer's voice sound like a toad. He hung a guy in the middle of the production. And in the stage performance, he made the chandelier fall at that time. Not during the movie, though. No, which actually, I think it's better this way. Yeah. The chandelier falling during, I think, the Broadway production, we were up front, too. But when I saw it in Cleveland the one time, I was right below the chandelier. And that's intimidating when it starts coming down. And it's not coming down super fast. But when I was a kid, I felt like it was plummeting towards us. And then mm -hmm. it swings out onto the stage. It, it was a great ending to the first act. And... Which I guess, like, in an actual theatrical production with Act 1 and Act 2. But in the movie, I think it felt better, like... It in the climax later right so i almost think like i don't know yeah i mean plus you have to like the logistics of a theater like pick up this chandelier again <laughs> what's the last thing they ask of each other during all i ask of you <laughs> so this is a song where i know what this song is i just don't pay attention all i ever want that's not even the tune <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Well, you weren't paying attention hard. <laughs> All right, the answer is. The answer is, love me. That's all I ask of you. Yeah, and then you do love the person, and the next thing you know, you're like, let's make a podcast. <laughs> so, no, no. That's part of the deal. <laughs> that is. Wait, it was in our marriage <gasps> vows. Oh, my God. What? Oh, you found chapstick. Good yeah. for you. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. For the first time, someone's actually found a tube of chapstick. I forgot I stole this. I basically wore this flannel all winter because I was fat because I was pregnant. <laughs> now I'm not fat, mm -mm. but I got chapped lips. <laughs> Think worse than death. What is the opening number of Act 2 during the stage performance? Masquerade! Pippa Pretty Drummerford! Masquerade! Hide the face to the world can never find you. Take it away, Kate. I like the seat percussion you got going on in the background. <laughs> okay, okay. It sounds like... But they, that is correct. They break it down. You little funky, funky. That is correct. It is Masquerade. We'll talk about an awesome opening to Act 2, right? Mm -hmm. Right? Remember? But when we saw it on Broadway, it was lame because you expect when you go to see Broadway, you expect the most extravagant sounds, the mm. loudest orchestra, the most beautiful costumes and it's performances. It's like somebody's iPod. Mm -hmm. And during the stage performance, they do have to make it look grander. They do actually have these mannequins that are just dressed up in garb. And they're supposed to kind of move them around. But when we saw it on Broadway, there weren't even that many mannequins. So it didn't really fill up the stage. And it kind of hurt that you could tell it was a pre-recorded orchestra. Oh, yeah. So somebody was probably playing it on their iPod. Because mm -hmm. when we saw it, it was just iPods, not iPhones. Right. <laughs> it's just like the first generation iPod. 
Wow, it really was. You had to like roll, like scroll through and <laughs> click, click. That's why in between songs you heard. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. I thought there was a predator behind us or something. Another yeah. question for you, E. Super. What is surrounding Raul when he chases the phantom during his interruption at the masquerade ball? Surrounding him? Mm-hmm. They have that dumb coat on. Did you notice that? Yes. What was his like what was he supposed to do? Like have three arms? I guess Ooh. that was surrounding him. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't like have it on. He just had it draped over his shoulder. He's so cool. Yeah, it was stupid. And then he had to like, oh wait. Hold on, golly gee, Willikers. I knew that Christine was being stalked by this to crazy phantom guy. Question. No, I'm going on a tangent. Come with me or go away. Where was it? Oh, yeah. The dumb didn't put his freaking coat on. And then he's like, golly gee, Willikers. I know Christine is being stalked by this psychopathic guy that is like a phantom, but not a phantom. I did like Let how... me forget to bring my sword. He had to go yeah. get it. <laughs> I like when he was up on that balcony, had his sword. He was equipping it when he was like, Tying up his belt. Totally looks like he had to like go to the bathroom. <laughs> when the phantom showed up, he like leaned over to Christine. He's like, Yeah, I gotta go take a leak real quick. I'll be right back. I gotta go get his sword. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. so stupid. But when he did get his sword, he jumped into that hole. Fire. And what was surrounding him? Fire. Water. Mm, not yet. Water, fire. No. <laughs> fire, water. <laughs> what was around him the first time? Fireball. No. <laughs> The answer is smoke mirrors. mirrors. <laughs> oh, I would have it. You did a good job. You won. I'll give I it to you. Process, okay. <laughs> I have to work through these things. You were getting there. I was. So he had the mirrors around him, and that was a callback to the novel as well as the silent film because the Phantom was super into illusion magic and architecture. So basically, he was a giant nerd. Yes. Okay. He was. And what he would do is he'd have his victims go into this big mirror room and kind of make them go mad in there. And then he would hang them in there. He also had his water chamber where he would drown people. Uh, Wait, he had so many different like, uh, in the... torture chambers. Christian Grey. <laughs> <laughs> so we... See, I told you this would all come back to the previous movies we watched. In the novel and the silent film, did he kill a lot more people in the musical that's on? Yeah, in, in the novel, it's implied that he kills people quite frequently with his magical lasso. He kind of gained a reputation, and the opera house was kind of like his kill house, but there was something kind of magical about it and mysterious about it, and that was the reason why in the novel, in the silent film, why they kind of kept shows going on there. It got kind of confusing why you'd think you would shut a place down yeah, if there was a... and a murder ghost. Yeah, they're the worst... So in the movie, in the movie, but not in the stage production, you get a look into the Phantom's childhood and why he is the way that he is. Yes. So you find him, Madame Giri finds him at a freak, freak show. And um, horrible, horrible thing. Yes. And he was part of his own performance. Do you remember what that performance was called? The Devil's Child. The Devil's Child. And they would just show off his mask as they beat him. And people would stand around and laugh at a child being beaten. Oh, I felt so bad I did him. too. You kind of, especially in the movie after they showed that, I was like, I don't feel bad for anything he does. No, he just is very sad and needed his mommy very, very badly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Another question for you. Okay. What is on the hilt of the phantom sword in the graveyard? A skull. Sword Correct. It is indeed a skull. 
And this scene was added for the movie, the fight scene, as well as well. I feel like they had a like this is this is the whole lights on at a bar after last call for Broadway. Mm -hmm. When you go to Broadway, like especially with Phantom, you are blown away with like the illusionary tricks and tech that they do, and the chandelier falling, and this is crazy, and that's crazy, and look what they're doing, and you get wrapped up into that magic, and like even when Christine's doing that. Like her high note wonder that you did when you were four. But like when she's going through the boat and then all of a sudden like you know that's a stage. But then they're on water and the the candles are coming out. Like so you get sucked into that. Yeah. But I feel like for the movie they're like well audiences are going to get bored. So let's have a sword fight. Yeah why the heck not. So the sword fight was added. And in the musical they were just kind of shouting at each other. And he was shooting flames which... Yeah, kind of talking about the illusions that they use. When I was a kid, the illusions in this show blew my mind. The scene where he is singing to Christine in the mirror and he says, Look at your face in the mirror. I am there inside. And when he sings that, he suddenly appears in the mirror. That blew my mind. And now thinking about it, it's like, yeah, that's a simple illusion. That is like Stalker 101. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's magic. So <laughs> creepy. Oh that's my very gosh. easy illusionary Hopefully there's magic. no stalkers that are actually in the magic because that would just be bad. Uh, David Copperfield, get out of the bushes again. <laughs> but I just wanted to say Kevin Bacon. <laughs> David Copperfield in this story stalks Kevin Bacon. Okay. That's cute. But like you had said, the phantom in this movie wasn't that like ugly looking. Like they didn't have him as deformed as. Yeah, like, I he... mean, it was Gerard Butler. Yeah, although he was freaking me out because he didn't have a beard. I was like, who are you? Baby who Butler. Are it's you? a baby Butler. We should get a baby Butler. Mm-hmm. They did. If you notice, they, they showed a lot of his lower face earlier in the film and then when they actually showed off the disfigurement side of his face it suddenly that lower part of his face was part of that disfigurement yeah but earlier in the movie it wasn't it wasn't it was perfectly makeup fine. stage makeup Ooh, ah. yeah the, one of the side things gerard butler did to kind of add to his deformity he to make his ear look a little weird um he had a little string that was like tugging it down and I guess the other performers would mess with him by actually tugging on that occasionally. Ouch. <laughs> Poor little Gerard. This was pretty early in Gerard Butler's experience. Is that a word? Experience? A career. Portfolio? Career. Yeah, there you go. That's what it's called. Words. And him and Emma Rosen, they uh, were... Uh, you said her name different every time. Emmy Rosen. Shameless girl. Ross. Yeah. So she she was a uh, singer herself. You were telling me about the story that she would actually go to yeah, a restaurant. Yeah, she would, on her way home from school, she would go into this deli, and if she sang for them, they'd give her a free hot dog. That's so cute. And she did it on a talk show because they brought it up on a talk show. They're like, well, we have a hot dog here. And she started singing opera and just, like, reaches out and gets her hot dog. <laughs> a hot dog that's pretty awesome people would give me hot dogs to stop singing (laughs) (laughs) take all the hot dogs all right you got another question well so gerard butler emmy rosam and pretty much everyone else of the main characters had opera and musical practice behind them and they had to do some additional stuff for this movie but the only one who didn't was Minnie Driver mm-hmm. Minnie Driver who plays Carlotta she didn't have a operatic background but she actually does have somewhat of a singing background 
and she actually was given an opportunity to sing separately in this movie for that uh, extra song that was in the mm-hmm. end credits, which was a song that was supposed to be in the movie, but was taken out because of time restraints. But in the actual movie itself, she is the only one that her voice that's being dubbed in, which, as you can probably tell, because there's multiple times where the audio and their lips are not matching up, mm-hmm. the singing is dubbed in over mm. their lips. But it's their own voices being dubbed in as opposed to Sing in the Rain, where it gets really mashed up, except for Minnie Driver. Minnie Driver, her voice is somebody else singing for her. Well, that's fine. She's the only one who actually had a believable accent. <laughs> Adiamo. She was doing her job. All right, another question. Mm-hmm. What is the title of the Phantoms opera and is also the title of the first movie with synchronized sound? Don Quixote. Oh, you were so close. Don Juan. Don Juan, that is correct. Don Juan triumphant. Remember, this was the answer to one of our Sing in the Rain questions. Wait, it's Don Juan triumphant. Well, the musical is just Don Juan. But he but says that was Don the, Juan triumphant Don in the song. Don Juan. I thought it was Don Juan triumphant. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> hit me with your pet shark. I'll hit you with another question. Oh. I shouldn't hit. <laughs> Let's not use the word hit. Who are the three loves in Christine's life? Raul. Raul. Papa. Her papa. And the creepy phantom. Mm-hmm. That is Stockholm Syndrome. Like, everybody's says Beauty and the Beast is Stockholm Syndrome. No, Phantom is, because she goes in and out of, like, infatuation, which, for the love of God, like, this movie was okay. It's not the best movie. Like, mm-hmm. there's issues and da-da-da. But could they have given Emmy Roseman... Yeah, we'll take it. Okay. <laughs> a little more direction other than open your mouth and stare and breathe, because that is all she's did in this movie and she's so much more talented in that she's like what 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 do you what should it, my character what what is christine going through how do you want me to react oh good question how about you just open your eyes and your mouth and breathe good job we are not a cordfish you also brought up the interesting fact that for a minute which this goes on in the musical too during the stage production you kind of get the inclination that she's kind of horny for the phantom when she kind of considers that it might be the ghost of her dad. Yes! Oh, what is it? Like an Oedipus complex? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, Oedipus. Which to add to this, the guy who is actually pictured as her father, Raman Karimalu, he actually, he was her father. He's also been in the stage production. He's played Raul before. Raul. And he's also played the Phantom before. So he has actually played all three roles. Wow. (laughs) That's layered. That goes to show that really they're all the same person to her. Whoa. Yep. They're all Raman Karamalu. That's who she's in love with. Mystery Saul. Mine alone mm-hmm. that is so impressive i feel bad if i'm saying his name long caramelu <laughs> die die but still there is like some mm-mm, no incest is not good mm-mm. not a good it's, look christine it's bad kids what is the word christine growls during the song the point of no return oh i know it Consume. Thank you. I forgot I knew it. Mm-hmm. 
very seductive, which I love that song. I, I don't know if I could truly say each song gives me a different emotion. Like when we were watching this, I got mm. goosebumps during different songs for kind of different reasons. But in general, I love the passion of this song. And did it make your nether regions tingle? It did. I mean, even Michael Crawford, the performer who did the original Phantom mm -hmm. um, and who won the Tony Awards for it. Tony, 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 Tony. That dude looks like a troll, by the way. He looks like the original Phantom. <laughs> what was the noise he made? <laughs> 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 but he during this song he even like drew out this like sexy draw to it that made me like oh it gave me the goose but pimples. that's still gross yeah and then like what a part in the movie like christine is wearing like this corset a little waistline and then like her tatas are up to her chin and then she has like these sleeves but they like fall off and she's starting to sing all seductively. And then she's like, let me pull these up. But the, the sleeves are like an inch of lace fabric. Ooh. Really? Also, can we just backtrack about her costumes for a sec? Sure. First of all, she is every girl's dream of like plopping down and sitting in a big dress because she does that multiple times. So there's that. Number two, kudos for her singing in her corset. Number three, who did her hair and makeup when she was going on like... The trolley boat expressed down to Creepsville land with the Phantom for the first time. Because her hair and makeup was like this soft, virginal look. And then as soon as she gets like, hits that high note, like color changing, she's like a smoky eye and her hair is down. That's what happens when you get seduced by a Phantom. Oh, okay. He does your hair and makeup. You got a full hair and makeup team. Also, girlfriend just passes out when she sees the dummy of herself in a wedding dress and then is like, let me go talk to him. Maybe I just misunderstood it that's just his aesthetic no you can't tell me you never dated one of those guys no you know one of those guys who kept a doll of you a perfect replica in their yeah, basement she passes out that's that shouldn't that was not that's not the reaction she should have had probably not what does madame giri remind raul multiple times to do and he totally fails to do when they're heading down to the phantom's lair Keep your hand at the level of your eye. I like his attempt to do it where he was looking at her. He's like, hand level of your eye. I got it. Got it. I always thought that immediately was like puts it down. <laughs> kind of stupid. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, that was a reference to the novel. That was kind of like their protection against the phantom. If you had your hand up, he couldn't get his lasso around your neck. I'm sure he could have found a way to kill you. <laughs> I know. I just picture somebody like, ooh, my hand's up. Can't get me. Can't get me. Shanks him in the stomach. Ooh, hey, <laughs> my hand was above my no, eyes. I know. Like, who's going to, like, do they just all walk around like, ooh, thought I was just checking my hair? Joke's on you. Can't last me. Yeah, I always thought that was a little hooty. Instead of his face, where does Christine say his distortion truly lies? Heart. Yes. No, actually, no, you were incorrect. It's not in his heart. It's in his soul. Yes, so okay. that was correct, sir. And did you notice with the mask, another interesting fact about it? How was, does it stay on? Yeah, how does it stay on? And what I side can't of even a, get a bobby pin to stay on. Right? Let alone a whole face mask. I know. But what side of his face was it on during the movie? Right. His right side, right? Mm -hmm. That's correct. Now look at the movie poster. What is on the front of the film? What side of his face is it on? God, are these people like paying attention to anything? <laughs> right? Were they paying attention? No. Apparently not. No prizes for you. Ay, ay, ay. Wait, do I get prizes? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're piling up in the other room. <laughs> oh boy. Can't wait to get my jet ski. 
<laughs> just a few more questions for okay. you. Okay. Wait, I was going to make a comment about that. Oh, yeah. oh, the whole, like, big epic, like, I'm going to kill your lover. And she just, she adopted the rule of wrestling. So in wrestling, professional wrestling, when the bad guy or the heel is in the ring beating up another good guy, then another good guy called the babyface will come in and, like, get out of my ring. Yeah. And then the bad guy will run away. But then he stands on the outside. He or she stands on the outside of the ring. And then the baby face, the good guy, stays in the ring. But, like, they don't go at each other. So it's like you can't cross the boundaries. You can't get out of the ring. So right. Christine adopted apparently that mindset when the Phantom is going to kill her lover because she just stands there. Mm -hmm. Like, you could have done something. She pulls a Miss Elizabeth. Well, Miss Elizabeth got involved in Smashes. She did. Does she get involved in some matches? Yeah, sure does, brother. Also, how is that ultimatum? What ultimatum? Choose me, love me, or I kill your boo. Yeah. So what if she said no? Well, in the novel, her options were choose me or I blow up this entire theater, including your boyfriend and another guy that was there in the novel. I don't know why the other dude was hanging out with them. Oh, too. so he was going to blow it all. Yeah. That would have been much more. And like it was basically she had to pick and she actually had to choose between these two levers. And depending on what lever she chose, it either set off this big pile of gunpowder or it submerged the gunpowder in water to deactivate the bomb. So, but really though, so you could like Phantom though, like Phantom, honey, let's talk about self-worth. Honey. honey. Because Eric, honey, Eric, listen. Honey, I see you. I see you. Okay. If you're going to ask Christine to choose you, if you don't, I'm going to kill your boo. You're basing your relationship on an uncertainty of whether or not she actually chose him to keep Raul alive. But what if she said, I choose Raul. So she chose Raul. He died. But if she chose yeah. the Phantom, was he going to let Raul go? I don't think he would have. No. So either way, lose, lose, Raul. Lose, lose, <laughs> Lose, lose, Raul. That's what we used to call him. Lose, lose, Raul. Well, in the sequel, apparently he became a loser. Oh, well, that was one of my questions. What is the name of the sequel to... Love Never Dies. Correct. Although apparently there's a Facebook petition that said love should die because it was horrendous. So it was like in 2004. 2007, I think, 2007. I think is when it came out. Yes. He released a sequel... Which and is just so convoluted. Like, it's set in New York in a freak show. And, like, the Phantom is running an amusement park. And he has Meg and Madame... Jerry? Uh-huh. And, like, but Meg's kind of become, like, a little of, like, a prostitute to, like, get business arrangements. And Christine and Raul have a kid. But then Raul, like, drink, becomes a drinker and a gambler and blows her money. So they need the money. So she gets invited to sing. And then, like, they... Oh, the whole scene. There's, like, this whole big scene where the Phantom was like, leave me, Christine. And Raul's like, no. And at a bar, like... The Raul is sitting at the bar drunk, drinking, and the Phantom appears as his bartender. What? <laughs> what kind of Benny Hanna crap is this? So he's like, hey Christine, bring you down. He's polishing the bar. I know, like his sleeves are rolled up. Been there, man. So then it's like this whole idea that he said if Christine sings, he'll leave him alone but if christine doesn't sing then he'll pay off his debts i don't know so then like meg gets mad about something and wants to kill gustav and but oh gustav the kid is actually the phantoms gustav oh what yes they had like one yes. lusty affair the this night is like before a her <laughs> it is and then of course meg gets mad and kind of goes like all lorraine bobbit on it 
and like it's gonna kill Gustav. Then they're like, no, no, it's okay. And the phantom like talks her down. So like all of a sudden the phantom's the rational thinking person here. And then he mentions Eric, Christine. Mean. And then shut up now. It gets stupider. And then like Meg accidentally shoots Christine and kills her. What? Dumb. Oh dumb, my dumb, gosh. Dumb, 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 dumb. <laughs> That's the opening song. <laughs> you should get your money back. That sounds like the worst thing ever. And sounds- that totally blows. Wait. So the beginning of Phantom of the Opera is old Raul sitting there in the old theater. Mm-hmm. And the end is the Phantom disappearing. It totally blows both those things because, well, I guess if Christine's just dead, maybe that's when she died. I don't know. It, it still I, doesn't I, add I, up. I don't it still like doesn't it. Add up. I don't it like it. It does not add up. <laughs> Ew. One of the songs is Mother, I'm Frightened. <laughs> Me too, Gustav. Me too. Hey, Andrew Lloyd Webber doesn't always make stingers. So Andrew Lloyd Webber, he made his like huge hits are Jesus Christ Superstar, Avida, Joseph, and Phantom. And Cats. Oh yeah, Cats. Oh yeah. Huge, huge success to the original production, not the movie, the musical production. Mm -hmm. But he's had way more flops than he's had successes. This dude has pumped out a bajillion musicals. And at the same time he released Phantom of the Opera, within that same year or within a year, he released his greatest flop of all time. Do you know what that was? The Ghost of... I'll give you a clue. No, (laughs) I'll give you a clue. It involves trains and rollerblades. Xanadu. Not Xanadu. That That was actually okay. I'm talking about Starlight Express. Oh my goodness. Starlight Express was actually, do you know what it's about? It was supposed to be an adaptation of Thomas the Steam Engine. With the face. Yeah, with the face. Oh my gosh. But Andrew Lloyd Webber couldn't even get the rights to Thomas the Train Engine, but he went on to make the musical. So it's kind of like a generic... It's like they spelled Thomas with like a G. (laughs) But it sounds like a T, but it's not Thomas. Togamas. Oh my gosh. So yeah, that bombed, but Phantom did good. Well, I guess that blows my theory that all of his good ideas were technically based off of other stories or he ripped them off. But No, that because that, he based it off of Thomas the Train Engine. Oh, it was a flop, so it blows my theory that oh. the only good things he's done are unoriginal ideas. Yeah. Although, <laughs> I think that is not enough to disprove my theory. I don't know. All right, just a couple more questions for you. What does Meg find instead of the phantom in his lair? His hat. <laughs> no. She finds the monkey and she finds the mask. Yes, correct. In the... How sad is that that he's sitting there watching the monkey? I know. Sings masquerade, paper faces on parade. Like he's remorseful and I feel bad for him. Yeah. He was a killing machine and he made the whole opera and he tortured people and he was kind of a stalker and inappropriately harassing an underage girl. But then he had the monkey. Mm-hmm. That was bringing out his sadness and his loneliness. And in the movie as well as in the stage production, I love when he looks towards Christine and says, Christine, I love you. Still does not forgive what you do. Yes, it does. No. <laughs> no, he can't. 
killed people. It's so sweet. And if Jeffrey Dahmer sang, would you forgive him? No. <laughs> so Meg finds the mask in the movie after she apparently got her pants dry clean. Did you notice like her they pants were all wet? They were soaking wet. wet and, and then, then suddenly dry. when she picked up the mask, her pants were perfectly this dry. This movie did not have good like people watching it. Well, in the musical, what happens when he hears all these people coming to mob him, he hides himself in his chair by covering himself with a blanket. I know, mm-hmm. like two-year-old style of hiding. I can't but see for me. him, it works. <laughs> this was something that blew my mind as a kid, and it wasn't until the Broadway production that I actually felt like I saw something that revealed I didn't see anything any of the Broadway production. It was straight up <laughs> magic. I was like, oh, look. The black man, blob. everything is abracadabra all over. The concession stand man, crazy. <laughs> Focus, pocus over the here. The blob with the black on, put red on, and the red blob is there. Now there's no blob. Ooh, magic. <laughs> oh, magic. Look, I can't tell where one starts and the other stops. So anyway. <laughs> can't read that. What happens in the stage performance is Meg, she gets into his lair and she's looking around for him, and you're like, what oh, was she gonna she's going to find, I don't know why it had to be her, but she's going to find the phantom because he's obviously sitting right there in the chair because you saw the silhouette of him standing underneath the blanket. Bad hiding place, Eric. But when she pulls the blanket off, he's gone, and just the mask is sitting on the chair. Oh. Blew my mind. Okay, also, Meg, honey, you did not think this through. Hmm. What is she going to like? Oh, I think that's the guy killing and kidnapping. Yeah, she's standing there alone like, oh, shoot. I think if I saw that, I would just slowly just back out of the room. room. <laughs> like, maybe not in this one. You're kind of pretty, too. <laughs> Want a mannequin made out of you? <laughs> I'm good. You'd make a pretty mannequin. So, yeah, then the movie ends with Raul. He goes to Christine's gravesite. And what is beside her grave? Well, he gives her the monkey. Well, why would he give her the monkey? Raul has the monkey. She was only 63 when she died. Yeah. Does she die in the stage production? Well, it's implied that she's dead because he uses references at the beginning. He says exactly as she said, like he's talking about everybody else is gone except for him. But at the end, what is next to her grave there? A rose with a black ribbon and the engagement ring also raul if you saw that basically christine gives him the engagement ring odd no she doesn't remember during masquerade he takes it from her doesn't she no she gives it to him at the end yeah she gives it to him at the end because he gave it back to her and she gave it back to him yes so raul raul paid for that yeah i would be (laughs) like told me she lost it no, you didn't. You gave it to your creepy father complex hoarder, stalker, murderer. Fanboy. <laughs> Don't forget fanboy. All of the above. He's her biggest fanboy. One last question for you. And this is regarding who was to play Christine and the Phantom and Raul. Oh, there I were hate many, these many people who came. You tell me to watch the movie and you're gonna ask me questions about the movie, and this is not in the movie. But don't worry, I give you hard clues. So you give me hard clues? Hard clues, yes. It's a person. So there was multiple yeah. people who came forward. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> there was multiple people who came forward, female actresses. There was a lot of breakout stars around that time were coming forward. Britney because, Spears. No. Um, they were looking for <laughs> somebody who was relatively unknown at the time, but there was some big Hollywood and movie star names that came forward that wanted to play both the Phantom and Christine. 
one of which the phantom guess who wanted to play the phantom yes it was michael jackson have we said this before about somebody else yes remember he wanted to play peter pan and hook the dude just wants every role in every movie does he get it no but <laughs> can you picture that i'm trying to well he wanted to be phantom in the movie back when they released the original musical but andrew lloyd Webber wasn't ready to make the movie at that time oh i could not picture michael jackson because i was about to say they would have had him at that point had a mask over his whole face when this came out. rude but i was also trying to think <gasps> because he was how... dead by this point e that's what i meant actually no he wasn't i was, eh, trying, he was, mostly I was dead. trying to think oh god <laughs> well he was i was trying to think of like how he would sing it you alone can make my soul take flight <laughs> yeah i guess this is you know what the casting table and they're like Listen. you are not alone wrong song <laughs> Listen, thank you, Michael. Just not the direction we're going. All right, but my question is for you. What two movie stars were unable to fill the roles of Christine and the Phantom but ended up in another musical adaptation in 2012? Oh, my God. You're asking me so many hard questions, and I don't know. All right, think about this. Think of another big musical adaptation that happened within this last Anne decade. Hathaway. Yeah, Anne Hathaway wanted to play Christine, but she was dedicated to being in Princess Diaries 2. Oh, clearly that was the right <laughs> horse to bet on. Also, could she have hit those notes? Well, she's she was a singer herself. She had some singing training. Okay, That's why and they then, were um, don't tell me Russell Crowe. Not Russell Crowe, no. But... Hugh Jackman? Hugh Jackman! <gasps> I would have the liked, boy from Oz! I would have liked to have seen a huge Jackman on that stage. Mm-hmm. Also, Phantom. I he would have pulled off a sexy Phantom, too. I would have OG'd. I did, I did every time the Phantom spoke lines, mm -hmm. like when he said the line, come, those two fools who run my theater must be missing you. Like he, his Scottish accent really yeah, came out came those out. moments. I was just like, oh, an Australian. So <laughs> yeah. But yeah, instead it would have been Hugh Jackman with his Australian accent, mate. On the wow, Wolverine. Oh, Hugh Jackman is the Phantom. But you know who else almost played the Phantom? And these are two stars that were in another movie that had a mask incorporated in it. Don't say Jim Carrey. No. But what was another movie that had a mask theme? Antonio Banderas. Yes, Antonio Banderas and... Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yes! They were going to play The Phantom and Christine, which I would have bought that too. Latino version. Yes. <laughs> which this movie did very good in the Spanish dub. Oh. They actually had to change a lot of the words for the Spanish dub though because the words weren't making sense. It, it got kind of complicated. But that's all my questions for you. I did very well. You did great. I mean... You did great. I'm sorry I asked you so many questions. I just love this <gasps> musical so much. The movie? Eh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But before we continue, let's go ahead and hear a quick word from one of our friends over at Pod Nation. Hello. Ahoy. My name is Adam. And I'm Nick. And this is the Bottom of the Stream podcast. A never-ending quest to find hidden movie gems on Netflix. <laughs> uh, every week we watch a random movie that we find on the stream and we talk about it for about an hour. Uh, yep, as well as that, we round up the news of the week and uh, we usually mention what we've been watching at the top of the stream. Yeah, so if you're into Netflix and you enjoy watching stuff on there, give us a listen. Join us aboard our podcast boat as we navigate the perilous water. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. So now that we know all things Phantom of the Opera, basically... Now that you're caught up to my speed. Nope, nobody can catch up to your speed. <laughs> I think it's time for us to hop into our next segment. 
the segment which makes our love grow stronger. Or at least builds a stronger case for our divorce attorney. Yeah. <laughs> this is all the documentation we'll need. Exhibit A. Randy. <laughs> yeah, they say the seven-year itch is when couples find out if they're going to make it or break it as a married couple. I don't think it has anything to do with the years. I think it's the year you decide to start a podcast with your significant other. <laughs> so we are going to hop into our segment. I hate it when they fight. <laughs> to remind you all of the rules, E and I discuss a topic from the movie that we watched and we fight over our sides and how we decide who comes up with the question is whoever won the last episode. So let's go over the results of last episode when we covered Rocky Horror picture show i wanna go do you remember what our question was he um <laughs> <laughs> yeah who would be a better frankenfurter alice cooper or david bowie that is correct i had to really think about it when i was cleaning the kitchen like oh it's been a while all right well yeah i have in my hand the results here what are they and the winner with 78 percent of the vote oh. is david Sorry, Cooper. Hey, you went out on a limb. Congrats to you for getting. I I can see David Bowie leaning into the androgyny of Dr. Frankenfurter, Mm -hmm. but I'm still dying on this hill that I cannot picture David Bowie killing meatloaf (laughs) in a freezer with an ice pick. Alice Cooper, hands down. Also, huh. has David Bowie ever worn heels? I'm sure he has. But Alice Cooper did a whole show in platform snakeskin high boots. You're kidding, right? David Bowie is like the platform king. Yeah, but Frankenfurter didn't wear platforms. Hmm. They had on heels. True. But I mean, I guess Alice Cooper had on platforms too. Either way, I would pay good money to see two versions. Like I'd want to see one with Alice Cooper. <laughs> everything else is the same. Everything except... else is the same except for, I mean, with modern technology, they can do that. I haven't been on the losing side in a while. Yeah. Don't like how it feels. It burns. Yeah. How's it feel to be back in the gutter? (laughs) (gasps) Little damp. Little damp. So what that means is I get to come up with a question for the Phantom of the Opera movie. And is your question how many times in a week can one person humanly listen to the Phantom of the Opera? Because the answer for you is indefinite people. People, please. You have to understand, we've taken, like, we recorded it one day and we came back and recorded it later. So this is the second time we're recording. In that time, I'm fairly certain that Kay has listened to The Phantom of the Opera enough times to add up how long all the run times for its lengthy run on Broadway. Yeah. Like, how many hours that it has run on Broadway, that is how many times that Kay has listened to The Phantom of the Mother-Loving Opera and I can't take it. You yelled at me to listen to something different, so I switched from the London soundtrack to the Canadian soundtrack. <sighs> Send help. I did your bidding. <laughs> so I'd once again go over the rules. I will come up with a question this week. Mm-hmm. Then I get to choose my stance first, or I get to allow you to choose your stance first. Once we decide our stance, we each get a chance to make a statement on it, and then we do a rebuttal. For the statements, we get 30 seconds. I think seconds. you mean reboodle? Uh, yeah, reboodle. Kind of sounds like a poodle you reinvent. It's like a retriever and a poodle together. <laughs> Reboodle. Reboodle. <laughs> okay, so where are we? 30 seconds, 30 so seconds. So 30 seconds for the initial statements, and then 
15 seconds for the rebootal. And <laughs> two then minute two minute fight. And then one of us will get 10 seconds to make our final statement. And then the last person gets five seconds to make their final statement. Decided upon by the question bearer, who is me. All right. All right. My question for you is, or for us, is... Who should Christine have chosen to be her final love interest at the end of the film? The Phantom or Raul? All right. Who are you picking? I'm going to pick the Phantom of the Opera. Okay, I can do this. Or Eric. <laughs> I choose Eric. You get Raul. Raul. Whoa. Oh, His right. name kind of sounds like you're about to throw up. Whoa. I am. No, that's too much information. All right, so I will go first. Okay. So 30 seconds on the clock. On your mark, get set, go. So I'm going to go with the Phantom should have been Christine's choice as the love interest because by the end of the film, you come to realize the whole story behind the Phantom and why he kind of is the way he is. And sure, he's a murderer, but <laughs> I kind of feel bad for him. And like, I really super sympathize for him. And when it comes down to it, he is so infatuated with her and loves her so deeply that there's nothing that can stop that love throughout all of time and space. And he's given a Okay. I said so many words in those final moments. First of all, Raul is not a murderer. Check one for good boyfriend material. Number two, he doesn't live in lairs under the opera house. Number three, they already have a history together. Number four, he has a steady job that doesn't involve, I don't know, murdering people. He's a supporter of her. He wants to help her achieve her goals. And he's not a murderer. Plus, he doesn't have that weird face thing going on. And he's not obsessive. Oh, 0. 0.06 seconds to go. You can save that for later. You can mm -hmm. add in a whole other word at some point. All right, 15 second rebuttal for both of us. Me going first and go. The Phantom may not have a steady job, but at least he has a steady income. That 20,000 francs, that just keeps coming in. And that lair, it'd be such a cool dig to raise children in. Like, think about it. You could be having so much fun in the other room, and the kids could be down the lair playing in this little pond. Well, for starters, he's an extortionist, so that's another crime against him. Playing in the lair, how many death traps are around there? He is pretentious, he's arrogant, and he's also a creepy stalker that has been stalking her since she was like seven years old. Death traps for kids. <laughs> All right, now we get two minutes. Two minutes on the clock. Let's get it on. Okay, no, the Phantom is a criminal. I don't care how bad of a childhood he had. People have bad childhoods, and then they turn into murderers, and then they still go to jail. Well, Christine could have ended up on the lam with him and just been in love, and that would have been way more romantic than just running off with Raul. He, how many people, and not to mention, okay, Phantom kills lots of people, and... He also was a disgusting older stalker. So what we figured out- like, That what, has all the better songs. That he was like, well, clearly, <laughs> that's what you should do. But, you know, like he stalked her. He was a stalker. He was obsessive. He puts the lotion on the skin and there gets the hose again kind of level of obsessive. Yeah. Okay, that is not a healthy relationship. That is not how you want to, how did you make grandpa? Well, kids, I was only seven years old and he was about 10 years older than me and he stalked me throughout my I entire life. I think it life. wins out though in the end when the phantom, when he does let her go and he kind of, releases her from any obligation 
When he turns back and looks at her and says, Christine, I love you. That look on her face is a look of like, mm, yeah, you're cute, but I'm going to go with the like handsome guy instead. Okay, you in this sentence says when he released this. her. Yeah. Released as in he was holding her captive and stalking well, her. Well, that's all in their past now. That is a toxic relationship. But... He changed. He had a change of heart and a change of it doesn't matter perspective. And he, you know what? With her and his life, in his life, like how is your relationship? Way less people now. How how I think it, it's how are you supposed to start your relationship with an ultimatum of hey, if you choose me, I won't kill this guy. If you don't choose me, I'll kill this guy. In the last ten seconds, I'm gonna bring up the sequel. We saw what happens with Raul and Christine together, and then we see what the Phantom can do for her in the very end. And that's sit there and watch her die. That was Andrew Lloyd. (laughs) I was so mad at you. I couldn't even finish my sentence. So that was Andrew Lloyd Webber just trying to milk the teeth. We're done. We're done. The fight is over. But we each get. (laughs) If you wake little effer up, the fight has only just begun. (laughs) So we each get a chance. For our final statements, I'm gonna go ahead and give you the 10 seconds. All right. Okay. Raul is not a murderer. He's not an extortionist. He does not hide away in a creepy lair under an opera house. He is not a creepy stalker. He's not older than her, and they have a history. That's healthy. Five seconds for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. He is her angel of music. That took six seconds and 16. 6.6 it took longer than five seconds and if you wake little effer up so help me phantom of the opera you're gonna be hitting christine's high notes again let's see what you all think on twitter instagram and facebook please let us know if you think raul should be christine's final love interest or the should it be sane, the phantom the murderer eric who extortion love interest and creepy can- layers we didn't bring this up, but like, come on, sexy points. Like, also, we didn't bring this up. Be. If she was with the Phantom, she'd have to live in his damp layers, and that's just gonna get gross. No, I brought that up. I, I point out it's a great, great place to live. Yeah, but it's gonna kids. get damp and moldy and humid down there. Ew. Yeah, give her big hair. Maybe that's what happened when she like got down in there and her <laughs> hair got bigger. It's the humidity. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking for all my curly hair gals out there, you know what I'm talking about. It was also when the music just started blaring. <gasps> oh my God. If you wake her up. <laughs> Sorry. So you can vote on Twitter at WSW Watch Podcast or on Facebook or Instagram. You can let us know who you side with at What Should We Watch Podcast. Go vote for Eric. No. E, do you want to hear what the people have to say about the Phantom of the Opera? Not really. Man. (laughs) So rude. I kid. I kid. I kid. You're not the kid. You're a full grown woman. (laughs) Yeah, buddy. All right. So let's hear what the people on Twitter, Instagram, and the Facebooks have to say about the Phantom of the Opera. So first of all, we asked, what do you think of the Phantom of the Opera? On Instagram, we had Pathereal14 said, best film in history. Fred Antoine Fredot said, it's a fair adaptation, a bit underrated. Hmm. On Twitter, our poll was a winner at 37% saying, 
never seen it. And then after that, it was a tie between people saying they loved it and it's okay, both at 29%. Yeah, I can see that. I feel like it was, it didn't do as well as they wanted it to. Yeah. Only 5% said they hated it though. So that's good. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't hate the movie. I know. I, I definitely put myself in the it's okay column. Next question was, what is your favorite song from the Phantom of the Opera? Geek to Me Radio on Instagram said, past the point of no return. And Storytelling Saga said, Music of the Night. Sorry, I had to sing that. Did you? Mm-hmm, I had Did to. You, I was obligated. Ruining Our Childhood also said the music of the night on Twitter. Our next question was, All of these men were considered to play the Phantom of the Opera, but which one of them has never starred in a movie musical? So the options were A, Hugh Jackman, B, Meatloaf, C, Matthew McConaughey, D, Antonio Banderas. Well, if they listen to our podcast and they know Meatloaf was in a musical. Right. But that's not the question you asked. Everybody knows Hugh Jackman is Jean Valjean. And the greatest showman. Oh, yeah. And wasn't he in from The Boy 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 from Oz? That was on Broadway, but I don't think it was ever made into a movie. Huge huge Jackman. (laughs) Huge Jackman. On Instagram, it looks like most people went with Matthew McConaughey, which was the correct answer. Has he ever been in a musical? Well... Reserve Seating Reviews said technically McConaughey, although he voiced a character in Sing, which is an animated musical, which... He voiced a character, but did he sing in Sing? Either way, I told him I probably should have worded this differently and said a film adaptation of a musical. Sing is just... I guess they're putting on like a musical. No, it's more like a variety show sort of deal, but they just sing pop songs. There's only so one or two like original songs in there's a difference between like... This is a musical and the music and songs further the narrative or this is like we're just having music. Yeah. Sing is not based off of a musical. So I should have worded it as a film adaptation. So yeah, thanks for serve seating reviews for pointing out my error. But no, seriously, thank you. That's all good. Thanks for the recommendation on that. JL Dasko said C, you are correct. And T from our Ghostbusters episode said, wait. Magic Might doesn't count as a musical? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see that as a musical. They're mm-hmm. going to do it. Thanks, T. On Facebook, we had a response for the first time in the 200 years that we've been doing this podcast. So Kaylee said, see? So you are correct, Kaylee. On Twitter, we placed a poll and 52% had the correct answer saying Matthew McConaughey. 31% said Antonio Banderas, which it, he is in E. <laughs> no, he is in Zorro. No, he is in Avida. Avida, correct. Another Andrew Lloyd Webber film, but he actually did have a film presentation where he sang a Phantom of the Opera song. Then ten percent said Meatloaf, which that's incorrect because he was in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm-hmm. And seven percent said Hugh Jackman, and he was Jean Valjean in Les Misérables. Our last question is, Andrew Lloyd Webber has been accused of plagiarism multiple times. What do you think? Ooh, I think, I want to hear what people said. Okay. So on Twitter, we put up a poll. Mm -hmm. It was a 50-50 tie between plagiarism or coincidence. I don't think it's a coincidence. Hmm? Could be. I don't think it's a coincidence because those were so, some of them are so close, like, if you listen to Echoes by Pink Floyd, 
Okay, just go on YouTube and look up Andrew Lloyd Webber. Andrew Lloyd Webber. That's a long last name. And you'll find compilations where they take what has been accused of what he's plagiarized. And they play them back to back. And some of them you cannot deny. I some of them some of them like I think it may be a case of he might have heard it at one point and that melody might have been in his head purposeful plagiarism I don't think so well we want to thank you all for joining us and answering all of our questions and posts we want to encourage you for next time whoever would like to join us for our next film who knows what that will be and join us oh, on Twitter and Instagram for yeah, it'll be your turn to pick. Wrong song. Oh, it's Christmas time. I got you. Uh... All right, Kay. So it's over. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> ow, ow, ow. Stop it! You're sorry, gonna work for us. Okay, I'm done. So now is the time when we. <laughs> Go over our review of the film. So, E, do you want to go ahead and start us with our review of this movie? You know what? No. (laughs) I don't. (sighs) But I will. I will brave on for our two listeners. Brave on. You sing, I will throat punch you. (laughs) Do I look like I'm going to sing? Yes. (laughs) That dumb look. (laughs) Do I have the phantom look? (laughs) (laughs) I will burn this to the ground (laughs) everything i would give this review i would say that the phantom of the opera is a good substitute for the broadway the movie the movie is a good substitute for broadway but not at the same level so like unlike the experience i saw most people who've seen the phantom of the opera on broadway say it's amazing it's a spectacle it is like a life-changing experience so think of it as like when you get top shelf liquor right it's like liquor i don't even know right it's your patron it's like the 40 years aged whiskey it's like the top shelf but then like if you go to a wedding and the wedding is fun and they have like you know your well off brand like kamchakta vodka like you know it's not your first choice but it'll get the job done and plus it's free so you know it's kind of when you want to save some money, but you still want to listen to some good Broadway. It's not, it won't live up to your top shelf experience, but you know, you throw back like six Kamchaktas and cranberries and you're going to be smooth sailing What's for the rest Kamchakta? of the night. Kamchakta is an off brand of vodka that comes in jugs. Is it kind of like a chakra? No. Okay. That's a chakra. Chakra. It will totally mess up your chakras. Hmm. Well, you all know how I feel about the Phantom of the Opera. <sighs> I took, deep, I took a deep breath. I thought you were going to sing. You're going to sing, aren't you? No. Don't worry. I'm not a prima donna. The <laughs> baby's sleeping. So I love the musical. I had only watched this movie probably once or twice before rewatching. Now stop. Put your hands down. It's like you have a magical lasso. <laughs> you're just going to hear a smack. So when I watched this movie, whenever the music played any song, really, it just gave me goosebumps. But when as we sat down and watched this movie and I was taking a deep dive into it and particularly looking at it from now when it's what is it like it's been 15 years since this movie. Something come like out? that. 
this movie does look very dated Mm -hmm. and there are unfortunately a lot of noticeable flaws when it comes to the singing their performances i don't think are all the way there so when it comes this movie i kind of mixed feelings about it because i think they did a good enough job of telling the story and showing it in a very big cinematic way Mm -hmm. but i don't know it's definitely this versus the stage performance i would rather go back to the stage performance and see it in its natural habitat but ah you know keep it inside (laughs) keep it inside or keep it at a lower volume because i swear to god Control yourself. I can just give it a solid bravo. I was so it should afraid. Should be bravo. I was so afraid. Why? That you're gonna bust in like a big booming line. No, I would never do that. But that is all I have to say about that. Nice. So E, should they watch this film? Is the final question I ask you. It's all I ask. Of I was wondering you. why you said that up so strangely. I mean, yeah. I'm gonna give it a yeah too, but barely. Just more like a yeah. Yeah, I think you should go for it. Hope you enjoy it. It's like the original black and white Phantom. (laughs) Yeah, go see that too. We will watch that someday. Yeah. All right. We want to thank you all for joining us. We really so much appreciate you all. Mm -hmm. Also, thank you all for all the new reviews on Apple Podcasts. Are they good reviews? Yeah, there's some great reviews that people have put in. I hadn't looked at it in a while, and when I took a peek, I was like, oh my goodness, this is is fantastic. So we very much appreciate you guys. We also want to remind you, be sure to answer our posts uh, Mm -hmm. for this film or any other films. Uh, Feel free to reach out with us with any fun uh, suggestions or little tips and tricks. Uh, We would also love to hear what you guys think about each movie we watch. Tips and tricks on what? I have no idea. I would like a tip on how to make a fluffy pancake. Ooh, that too. So if you have any tips on fluffy pancakes, you can reach us at WSWWatchPodcast, or you can get on the Instagrams and Facebooks and talk to us at What Should We Watch Podcast. All right, so that wraps it up for this episode of What Should We Watch with K&E. We want to thank you all for joining us. Have a good night, everyone. Bye. Masquerade. Take your faces on parade. Keep it quiet. Masquerade. Find your face so the world will never find it. Masquerade.